during the apartheid period in South Africa, which is probably mid-1940s, South Africans got this idea that they're going to place candles in the windows to have this silent hope that eventually the injustices that they were experiencing, that were experiencing will be overcome. And this caught on like wildfire. Soon, house after house after house became lit up by these candles that the government even took notice and stepped in and made it illegal for anyone to put a candle in the window. So illegal they made it a crime, so I did the same as someone carrying a firearm. Well, children kind of made a joke about this and said, the government is afraid of candles. The government is afraid of candles. When apartheid was overcome 40 plus years later, the South Africans began to reflect back and think what was instrumental in their movement to bring justice to light. And they thought part of it was the fact that lit candles, lit candles played a big role. They were more powerful than firearms. In other words, it's, it was the hope behind that lit candle that helped these South, South Africans stay vigilant. Advent begins, and what do we do? We have candles, don't we? Each candle represents not just the week of Advent, but also a thousand years between the time of Adam and Eve and the birth of Jesus Christ. What does that amount to? 4,000 years. 4,000 years from the time of original sin until the time when Jesus came. So naturally, these people read in their scriptures that a Messiah was going to come and save them from their sin, and they needed to be prepared. So, the church asks us today to relive those moments from our own ancestors of faith by telling us to devote ourselves and prepare ourselves for the coming of Jesus. For they came and prepared for the time Jesus might come so that we can be prepared when Jesus comes at our death. How do we do that? How do we do that? 
And like I mentioned before, Matt, it's so important that we be open to God right now. You're probably thinking, well, I'm already doing that. Really? Are you? Yeah, we know that Jesus comes December 25th because that's the date the church picked that marks his coming, his incarnation. We already know that Jesus will come on the day we die. Go to any funeral or even experiencing our own mortality, we start to think of death and our end time. But what about right now? What are we consciously doing right now? Because that's the only time where God can be. In other words, the great I am isn't the great I was or the great I will be. You see, the prophet Isaiah is trying to get us in the mindset that we have to start thinking about God right now. What that you might meet us now doing right. That we might be mindful of you now by doing your way. The birds be watchful, be alert. Are what? In the present tense. They're right now. But there are two enemies that we allow to creep in our own mind that keeps us from thinking about God now. And I call them fussing and wishing. Fussing and wishing. What's fussing? It's always being distracted about the past. Always being distracted about something, some sin, some guilt, some mistake, 11 weeks ago, 11 months ago, 11 years ago, that we just can't seem to get through. Or we have these expectations we put on ourselves, or so-and-so puts those on us that we can't seem to overcome. Or we still regret that mistake we made for somehow my life or our lives are just not fulfilling as they used to be. What's yours? What's yours? What keeps making you go back and thinking about the past rather than moving forward? I'm telling you that these fussings are pointless because God is not there. He's in the present to offer you healing and to move us forward anew, anew. But if our heads are always turned back, we'll never see God in the presence. Number two, the second enemy is wishing. We often equate hope with wishing. You know what I mean? They're not the same. Wishing is a fantasy, pure and simple. 
Jesus, I wish my deafness would be cured. I wish I had more hair on my head. I wish the Packers would beat the, the Bears. I wish I had enough money to buy this expensive Christmas present for my friend. I wish, I wish I had enough something and my life would be something. What's yours? My friends, we don't light a candle for a daydream. We don't light our candles for a daydream because that is not reality. However, we do light a candle for hope because that hope is based on a promise from God. A promise that says justice, peace, love will eventually become a reality. And to light our candle right now says that my gracious and gentle behavior is still more powerful than threats and cruelty and violence of our words and actions. To light a candle is to proclaim to those around us that our allegiance is to someone who's outside of this world, someone with a capital S. And you know what? In retrospects, the South African government's suspicion about candles was well-founded because a candle is a powerful statement of hope.